I've just been told that Brinker Desktop started recording. Does that mean that we're recording? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's been... <clears throat> I forget how computers work, actually. Um, I know they're my job and everything. It's just that it's it's been a, it's been a long year, and uh, I'm starting to... Go how ahead, much sorry. lamb's blood have you rubbed on the outside of the case? Um, not a, I mean, not a lot. I don't have a lot left over from the last time that we did okay. one of these podcasts. Did you use a Did you use a dagger made of bronze, cast under the light of a full moon? Uh, no, it's, it was silver, and I think it was I think it was a waxing moon. Oh shit, that's your problem right there. Oh, you go find your local druid. You give him. You give him one pound fresh mistletoe, get this all straightened out. You see, the sad part of this whole joke is that Unix people are basically just druids. There's no basically about it. They are. Yeah, they smell the same. Yeah. (laughs) They smell the same. They have the same beard. They, they, They offer themselves the same esoteric orders and rituals. Their their offices and dwellings are often filled with monoliths and uh, mold, <laughs> a lot of mold. Yeah, definitely don't breathe around them. It's not a good idea. Yep. Although, then again, uh, I remember hearing stories that uh, apparently Richard Stallman uh, was only kept at bay by plants because he was uh, he found them sickening. So I'm, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know. But that's enough of that. Uh, welcome to episode 10 of Dollar Binema. Yes. We made it. We made it to 10. Uh, we're somewhere on the list of internet celebrities, right? Sure. We still don't show up in Google's algorithm, so there's that. Yeah, I sh- now that we've made it to 10, I should probably actually sit down and, and break us out into our own WordPress and so we and have our own RSS feed so we can like index ourselves on Spotify and stuff like that. Every time I type it into Google, they're like, did you mean dollar cinema? Like, no, I didn't mean that. Thank you very much. Yeah, you, you, you've, you, you've guilted me into it at this point. So yeah, I'll... I'll or if you, if you want to be shown how to do that and you want to own it, I'll be more than happy to walk you through what we need to do. It's, it's actually very easy. How many pelts am I going to need? Uh, just one. One pelt? What one kind? Pelt. Oh, it could be anything. Small game. Small game probably works the best, actually. Alright. That'll work. Like, do you just, have you any know, vegan pelts? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I have this um, plastic resin knob. It's it's a knob pelt. That's how this works. All right, we're we this is not this is not setting up to be a good tenth <laughs> anniversary episode. This isn't an anniversary. It's a landmark. Whatever. Who gives? Yeah, I've been, I've I don't even remember when our first episode was. Maybe we ha- have we been doing this for a year yet? Uh, I don't know. Time has lost all meaning for me. In it has. Tw- in, 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 yeah. In the decade of 2020. Yeah. Um, I am looking at a uh, the DVD cover of um, the documentary History of the Eagles. And it's just a sand-bleached cow skull. And I, I, fe- I feel, I feel like that cow skull. 
Wyatt has also muted himself for some reason. I do not know why. Does it? Does that actually show up on the recording when I hit the mute button? No. Well, it didn't didn't tell me that, but um, I saw the little icon pop up, so I was like, "Oh, what is that?" Oh, okay. I just said, "So you want to hear the torrent of clicky clacks on my on my keyboard?" Oh, because you wanted to see that that one Eagles album cover. <laughs> That's right. I I am absolutely marveled that you're muting your keyboard because literally none of my other co-hosts do that. <laughs> well, I have a mechanical keyboard now, so it's super clicky clacky. So oh, they do they do too. Oh, <laughs> as, so as you just I. have to deal. You just have to deal with the the ear shattering. <laughs> yeah, there was a section on open your mouth where it was literally just Doug and I typing for like a solid two minutes. <laughs> But no, uh, so yeah, welcome to Dollar Benema. Um, this will probably be the last time we restate our purpose because we, at this point, we figure if you're tuning in, you'll you'll just know what you're getting into. Uh, we we watch movies that uh, we source for a dollar, and yes, then we or uh, less or less or less, and we occasionally have one that was actually worth. It. <laughs> yeah, well, so far it's pretty much just Dragon Slayer, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Uh, Assassin 33 AD was more than a oh, dollar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Assassin bad. 33 AD was amazing. You're right. I'm sorry. Be bad. <laughs> but oh. um, you kind of liked that uh, sushi girl thing, didn't you? I don't remember if I did more than a dollar for that one. Uh, I think Lost you said you would. I think you said you would pay a dollar if someone wanted to watch Reservoir Dogs, and you could convince them to watch that instead. Yeah. That sounds about right. I'll go with that. But it wasn't more than a dollar. Or, or no, yeah, it's right. it was like you would pay the prime rental. So you, you said it was a conditional like two or three dollars or something. Yeah. I can see that. But it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't fine. like I'm going to spend a whole bunch of money on it, but I, you know, I'm, I could be convinced to watch it again. But yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we have cheap cinema and, um, we, we don't watch the typical things that most people, you know, will, uh, will, will find, you know, cause we are both avid cinema tours, uh, and so we've seen a lot a of word? stuff already. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've we, heard we are not, we are not at a year yet. Almost. Almost. In one month. Ooh. November 1st was when we did our Dragon Slayer. So we're almost at our one year anniversary. Wow. We should do something actually special for that. <laughs> Watch a movie that's good. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, uh, so what, what, um, what was the plan for this? Because you, you, you made a big deal out of this being like a special thing for our 10th episode. What, yeah. run, run, me through, run me through what you got going on here, buddy. Uh, we, we weren't going to uh, pull it from our, our literal bin of movies. We we're yep. going to ask our fellow podcasters of Brad and Rick also have a podcast. Um, did I get the order right that time? Yes. Awesome. Uh, to pick the movie. And Rick was the first one to chime in. Uh, probably, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, he suggested the 1997 George Clooney film, The Peacekeeper. The Peacemaker. 
Oh, Peacemaker. Yeah, Peacemaker. Oh, you see, we, man. We had, we had this problem before when we were trying to fit, because he said the Peacekeeper, but he meant the Peacemaker. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're right. The Peacemaker. Um, I am half of a pint into a alcohol of unknown potency. Hmm. So, uh, there's that. So, um, at, at the risk of possibly uh, breaking up this podcast, I would just like to go on the record is that this is an awful idea um, that you that you had because uh, giving Rick any power whatsoever over any uh, movie going experience is a literal recipe for disaster and um, and utter misery, uh, as I recall. Oh no, no, I I one hundred percent agree with you that uh, it. it it was a bad idea because because not only do we now have to deal with the reality of uh we have to watch a Rick movie and i'll explain what that means in a bit uh but we also have to deal with the reality that he picked this movie uh without any regard to the premise so we had to look for quite a while to get access to this fucking movie oh yeah big time uh, yeah. The the only streaming option uh, that met our criteria of being a dollar or less. Jesus Christ! What are you doing over there? My wife is eating a bag of pistachios, so you're just going to be getting is a she, lot of. Is she eating it directly into the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> she might. She might. <laughs> we're, we're recording. Oh. It sounds. Oops. It sounds like. Yeah. Oops. It sounds. <laughs> That's like she was sticking her whole fucking head in the back. Man, you can't even get... Oh, whatever. Yeah, alright, so what were you saying? <laughs> oh yeah, we had to really hunt for this. Yeah, the only thing we could find online that met our criteria for streaming was we had to, we had to have a subscription to Stars, And we were not going to do that. No. Uh, but There's you... nothing on Stars worth watching. But you, well, yeah, especially now that Evil Dead's not around anymore. Yeah, and I think you can get that on other services now without yeah, a star on, subscription. It's on Netflix now, yeah. Yep. But uh, you, you kind of lucked out, and you found something at what, uh, which I am absolutely still marveling at. The one, the fact this exists, and two, you were able to find it so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> eBay. What? What did? What did? So how is? What? Tell tell our listeners the physical DVD that you found. Okay, let's see here. The other movie on there is... Uh, so it's a double feature. Mm -hmm. Because you cannot find it for any sort of a price that I was willing to pay for a um, dollar. Yeah. So it's a double feature uh, of The Peacemaker mm -hmm. uh, and The Castle. Just castle. the castle. The oh, sorry, the last castle. Okay, there we go. Um, sorry, Robert Redford, James Gandolfini, Mark Ruffalo, and Delroy Lindo. Linda, I can't. I can't. But yeah, so and, and, so how much and how much was that DVD? One. So the DVD was ninety nine cents. Yeah. But Which shipping, as far as, shipping as, was more. As far as I'm concerned, the DVD, like the 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 MSRP is 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 the only thing that counts. Like the shipping, that's 
you, you, you know, you spend gas to drive to the dollar store and back, you know, that, you know, we're not, ch we're not chalking that up. Delivery doesn't count. Okay. But anyway, so, I found it for a price and we also got another movie for the bucket. The yeah. Baby. So we, we are, so fucking Rick has somehow managed to add a second movie that he didn't even necessarily intend on us watching into the Benema. That's right. And it's, uh, I'm going to be honest, I, I, I have a very love-hate relationship with James Gandolfini because on one hand, I think he's just a giant meat hunk of a man with, who doesn't act so much as just exist in front of a camera. Um, okay. But at the same time, I really uh, just have to appreciate any man that can breathe that heavily into a microphone and still have a, an acting career. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah. the Sopranos helps. <sighs> it does have pre MCU Mark Ruffalo in it? Mark Ruffalo. Oh, is that that? He's the Hulk, right? Yep. Ah, good for him. That's that'll, that'll be interesting. I'll I'll look forward to that. It's but got yeah. Robert Redford. Ah, yes, President Redford. That's right, President Redford. Now. But yeah, but in order to talk about that movie, we're talking about the uh, the 1997 Clooney Fest, The Peacemaker. That's which right. I can only assume has something to do with nuclear weapons if Rick told us to watch it. It does, in fact, have something to do with nuclear weapons. Oh, I'm so surprised. I don't know if it has anything to do with nuclear vessels, though. Ah, uh, well, no, no one can be perfect. And the cover art for this... It's just so airbrushed, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it seems to be just um, Nicole Kidman and George Clooney running through some sort of aged cellophane. Yeah, maybe some, some uh, you know, out-of-focus trees. Yeah, yeah like, some... this, is, this is definitely photoshopped. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no question in my mind. They, Did they... Photoshop exist in 1997? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, Photoshop existed for quite some time. I mean, hell, they, Adobe Illustrator has existed back in 1997. All right. But uh, yeah. yeah. So why don't you why don't you tell us what uh, what the, the the synopsis of this uh, this this uh, I don't know what this is is going to be. Well, I have the um, the IMDb synopsis here. All right. I got Wikipedia up. Lay it on me. All right. A U.S. Army colonel and a civilian woman. <laughs> she doesn't have a job. She's a civilian woman. She's just a woman. Su woman is her job. Him. Oh, yeah. No, he. she's his boss, apparently. Wow. But, uh, okay. <laughs> Supervising him must track down stolen Russian nuclear weapons before mm. they are used by terrorists. Okay. Um, let's see. Wikipedia says it's a 1997 American action thriller film directed by Mimi later, uh, DreamWorks. While the story takes place all over the world, it was shot primarily in Slovakia <laughs> <laughs> with some sequences filmed in New York and Philadelphia. Um, it is based on the book one point safe about the state of Russia's nuclear arsenal. <laughs> Yeah, I get. I guess this is immediate post-war Russia or post-Soviet Union. 
it's not really well okay so i i guess it kind of is well not immediate right because the, the fall of the iron curtain that was what late 80s right yeah i think soviet union collapsed 92 something like that um okay. and this is 1997 yeah now no, the you book will, would have had to have been written and then adapted into a screenplay and filmed in that amount of time. Right now, you will note that uh, James Bond Goldeneye uh, was a 1995 movie, and it kind of dealt with a similar topic of Russian super weapons falling into bad hands. I think so it was this, a common theme of the 90s. Yeah. Uh, now, actually, let's. I'm actually kind of curious um, where. Oh yeah, the the one point safe book also came out the same year as this movie. <laughs> so the book okay. was not even a, like, and it wasn't even like they wrote this book in like 1991 or whatever as like a cautionary tale, and people were just adapting it. No, <laughs> this, the book came out, got immediately turned into a movie, and it was already two years superseded by a fucking James Bond film. <laughs> All right. And this is apparently from the same director of Deep Impact. Oh, so good. Is that good? I, I've never seen Deep Impact. I don't know. I don't think I've seen Deep Impact either. I've seen Armageddon. Ah, so you saw you saw the Bruce Willis movie that everyone ever, like. I think most people saw that and not Deep Impact. Yeah. At least our friend group definitely did. I know. Um, there's a black president. Played by Morgan Freeman in Deep, in Deep Impact. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, let's see here. Uh, other notable things that Wikipedia is telling me: uh, music by Hans Zimmer. So uh, get wow. ready for get ready for some wow. And uh, fifty million dollar budget. Fifty million dollars. So this is this is what like ten the rooms. Yeah, something five, like that. Five the rooms. I don't I, know. I forget, I forget what the room's budget. It's been too long. Actually, here I can find out. Uh, budget. Oh, yeah, six, million. six million on the room. So it's le slightly less than 10 rooms. I don't recognize a single person's name other than the two main characters. All right. Well, gonna take up that, uh, that, uh, Excuse me, uh, Cro or sorry, sorry, Slovakian film industry. Just prop that up. Yeah, I guess so. I do see a lot of Eastern European names on here. Uh, do we want to make any predictions for this movie based on the um, what, what we know about it now? Um, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of bad science in it. Okay. Okay. Um, I have a feeling that people are going to be talking vis-a-vis -vis 24, where they are constantly out of breath, even though they have done nothing to warrant so. Okay, okay. You know what I'm talking about, like that. <laughs> well, that was just Jack Bauer, and I'm pretty well, yeah. certain and I'm pretty certain that's because they, they like, told Kiefer Sutherland to stop smoking between shots and, like... <laughs> Never. Yeah. But no, I, I get what you're going for. So, so, you, so we're going to have out-of-breath uh, action people. Uh, yes. Bad science. Um, I'm going to say that it's going to be Nicole Kidman's first like 
first month on the job, and that's why, and that's why uh, Clooney is gonna, you know, he's like he's gonna really not enjoy working for a woman, but by the end, he's gonna love and respect her. Do you think there's gonna be romantic interest between the two leads? Hmm, mm, that's a good question. She is, she's wearing a sleeveless shirt, so I'm gonna have to say yes. Okay, and do you think they're going to be? The required Clooney jokes, even though there's no need for jokes. What what do you mean? Like you mean like Batman and Robin jokes or something? Like he always makes like little like kind of one liner jokes in like almost all of his movies. I'm I am apparently not at all familiar with <laughs> the filmography of George Clooney, so I'll have to take your word for it. Okay. Do uh, do I don't know? Do you think there's going to be Clooney jokes? Probably. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's enough uh, predictions for this. So let's, uh, yeah, let's get into some peacemaking here. Smoke All right. A, smoke some peace pipe. No, not that. <laughs> it's full of radar. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Ah, uh, well, uh, I I feel uh, that peace was made. Um, I, I feel at peace inside. Uh, that, that could also be the fact that I've been drinking some bourbon tonight. Uh, I feel that peace was kept oh. rather than made. So who in this is the peacemaker? Um, well, if you're going off of what the guy said, I guess it's... Uh, <laughs> exactly. If you said a word, I didn't hear it. The UN? Oh, the, the UN? The UN, yes. Okay. I guess, I guess that's who the, the peacekeepers are, or the peacemakers. Yeah. Yeah, because he definitely did say the uh, the name of the film in this, didn't he? Yes, and the All one right. that we thought it was, but wasn't. Yep, in the same uh, in the same speech, even. Yes, yes, it was. All right, yeah, we gotta. I I I find this movie very hard to want to talk about because it just kind of feels like the same five things kept happening over and over again. Uh what five things like i just use I, I just use the number five as an example or as like a first stab at it but like so like there are nukes and they get stole or they get moved yeah. and people uh a bunch of really uh effective government employees figure out that some shit's going down they can't see then, your air quotes over the internet <laughs> No, no, they act like this is probably I, I this is why Rick wanted us to watch this movie, right? Because this is probably the closest and like this is like the Shin Godzilla of 90s spy espionage or I'm sorry, 90s nuclear thrillers, right? Like um have, have you ever seen Shin Godzilla, Wyatt? Uh no, I don't think I have. Um, Shin Godzilla is a very interesting movie that is uh, not particularly fun to watch because the entire film is 
you witnessing the uh, the glorious, uh, effective uh, effective action of Japanese uh, bu- federal bureaucracy uh, fighting against Godzilla. Um, okay. The the entire movie, uh, the Godzilla in Shin Godzilla is larger than he's ever been. Uh, absolutely terrifying, biologically speaking. And the other half, like the, the movie is basically two halves. It's watching Godzilla be terrifying and destroy things. And the other half is watching a bunch of people in suits have meetings about what to do about Godzilla and then affect that plan into action. Okay. And that's what this movie is. This movie, you know, the, the, the nukes are constantly moving around, and you're constantly watching them getting shuffled around, and, and people like you know doing plant like evil things around or about nukes, and then it cuts to you know all these these plucky you know uh, men and women of the the Department of Energy, presumably, and uh, the United no, the States. No, the Department of Energy was in the helicopter. She was oh. NSA. Oh, okay. The 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 plucky NSA and the um, army. The, the, the U.S. Armed Forces uh, just doing their damnedest to make certain that a nuclear weapon does not get detonated on U.S. soil. He was specifically Army, though. Thank you. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like, I I think this movie is easily one of like the try hardest of of movies of that type, right? Like. I, I don't think, like, because when you watch, like, 24, you know, people are, like, there's internal bickering, there's internal squabbling, people uh, question each other's decision-making a lot. That doesn't really happen too much in this. No, it doesn't. It's it's pretty much follows this. I, I did appreciate that part, that it wasn't just a bunch of bullcrap. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, like, like the bickering is, and stuff back and forth in there and just like sidelining and going against their own objectives which i i get why that might be a desirable feature right like there there are upsides to that but then this movie has the same problem of it's it it still is a hollywood big budget quote-unquote action movie Mm -hmm. which means it does very questionable things and plays very fast and loose with things like international law <laughs> and uh respecting the na- like 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 borders yeah so like you know when when people like hey we should just you know send a bunch of helicopters in the fucking uh, was it, like russia russia without permission and everyone's just like yeah that's absolutely what we need to do right now there is there is no other way well they they were trying but they had not yet gotten permission yeah. from the from the russian government so they just decided to, you know. Yeah. Well, I remember. Uh, and, and or like, for example, um, oh, shit. Oh yeah. And 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 when you know, like a, a fucking bunch of helicopter, like a helicopter full of fucking uh, Air Force servicemen get blown up. That nobody cares. Um, like in the heat of the moment and then like the, the movie kind of feels bad about it and, and puts in that scene where they stare at a paper with a bunch of names on it yeah <laughs> and, and they, they they don't talk about the fallout of that at all <laughs> no they do talk about literal fallout though they do they do yeah um but yeah so like i don't know i i feel there there's 
if you wanted to do what this movie was doing, you needed to scale back the James Bond element, like, a lot. Yeah. Uh, like, you should not have had George Clooney, uh, who, he's a, he's a general, isn't he? He's a lieutenant colonel. Oh, lieutenant colonel, okay. That's, that's a little better then, because... That's a step down from brigadier general, so... Okay. Then that's that's at least believable because um, I, let me tell you I, I thought he was a general through half this movie because I really wasn't paying attention at that point um, and I was looking at uh, other pictures of generals right now and I'm like man I'm pretty certain if a general tried to do half of the stuff that George Clooney is doing right now he would like be broken in a pile <laughs> of bones and glasses. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's but, okay. Uh, I, I've I've talked enough. Why? Please, yeah. Give give us give us the, your rundown of this. So, the first say I don't think the movie was bad. Like, mm. <laughs> like broke like it's like Broken Arrow, but better written. Yeah, I'll, I I will actually agree with you on that. This is. This is probably the best movie Rick has ever recommended to us. Yes. And I don't know how many listeners are aware of Rick's taste in movies, but they're not good. <laughs> no, they're, they're really not. <laughs> they, they, uh, they, they're usually high-concept, poor-execution films or TV shows. Uh, this, I wouldn't even go that far. <laughs> they they uh, are... They're, they're that they are deeply focused um in concept like like i mean like they had high concept like they had these high am- ambitions oh yeah but the, 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 they they totally messed up the the execution thereof well yeah and and they're they're always very specific things that speak to rick um and I can't really quantify. Well, I mean, nuclear—you know—the the, the handling of nuclear arms and energy is always something very interesting to him. So, you know, that's when we when we watch like fucking on the beach or something. Yeah, I, you know, I watched some of that before it got too depressing to to actually continue watching. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, then you're like, how much longer of this is there? Like five damn hours? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, like that other movie where it was like um, the, the guy who was trucking around with the, the special forces unit in the Iraqi desert looking for the, the alien artifacts or whatever, but they didn't know it was aliens. Oh yeah, what was that? Yeah, I don't remember, and neither should you. Uh. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But, um, but I, I digress. But I think. I, I made some notes here, and I gotta say, like, I really appreciated their attention to detail and their surprising realism most of the time. <laughs> and then they just have the just random dumb shit that just totally breaks the dynamic of that part of the movie. Can you can you elaborate? Like, what can you give us an example of what the the, the realism you're talking about is? Because I don't think. Unless unless somebody's actually watching this, which so apparently we're both in agreement this is a good movie, which means somebody like Pete, you guys might want to watch this. It might it might actually be worth watching. Yeah. Um, well, we'll get into the letter it has grades. Its flaws. Or, yeah. yeah. Sound or, a little roboty. I don't know if that's my internet connection or your internet connection, 
I just let you know. Oh, okay. Low row body. I I should be fine. Uh, yes, it's the other recording one locally. recording. Yeah. yeah, you should be fine. So, like, um, with the I did some of the more realistic things. Like, okay, yeah, that's kind of you know in contrast to what would happen in a typical like Hollywood movie, like the bulletproof glass mm-hmm. part. Like he, like the guy, like the bad guy kept shooting in one part of the bulletproof glass. Until they're finally like a hole broke through it, which is what would happen with real bulletproof glass. Like it doesn't just bounce off. Um, and then the part where uh, you know his car actually broke like to shit because he kept running it into other cars. Okay. Okay. And, and he used the rear of the car to run into stuff, which, which is, is what, what you, you want to do. do. Yeah, yep. so you don't totally yep. ruin your car. Um, some other stuff. Like um like the like the, the DOE helicopter flying around. They try to make it look all like cool, but it's really like Chopper Dave up there with his little <laughs> <laughs> with his little ra- radiation sensor on the front. He's like, I got it narrowed down to three city blocks. He'd be more specific. He's like, No, I can't. <laughs> There are limits. <laughs> I got I got a helicopter with a freaking radiation sensor on the front. <laughs> like, what do you want from me? Let's see what. Where are some you see how stuff? big these fucking city blocks are? <laughs> trying to think of some other like just just those like little tiny attentions to detail. Yeah, I, I get what I think. I get what you're. I think I and the audience now get kind of get what you're saying. So th- this movie, th- like. This movie clearly had a decent, like, complement of consultants that informed the 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 action sequences and the general and a lot of the general plot. Like, they they weren't magic superhero action stars like Jason Statham or. Um, you know, I mean, James Bond or whatever you want to say. I mean, George Clooney was absolutely a magic, uh, you know, oh, action. Yeah. Like several you know, times he was. Yeah, but absolutely. That, there, there is no reality where this movie gets made that that does not happen to George Clooney. Like, yeah. there, there, no, no amount of like level-headed consulting is going to convince George Clooney he doesn't need to smirk and punch Germans in the face. Yeah. So well, I, I saw the of another scene, like when that sniper. Like refuse to take a shot. Oh yeah, like because yeah, he didn't want to shoot through a kid to kill the bad guy with the nuke. Yeah, like, that, it, that that makes sense. That's something does. that a real sniper would, you know, might have to deal with with something like that. And George Clooney's like, do it anyway. Like, do it, do it. Why aren't you fucking shooting? Do it. Yeah, you, you gotta love both Clooney and Kidman's characters screaming into the ears of a guy who's like, hey, I don't want to. Uh, th- this is not a clean shot. <laughs> like, it's like, well, I mean, I get their point. Like, this guy's gonna kill a couple million people. Do it anyway, yeah. But yeah, like, like, like that kid's dead if you don't like at anyway if you don't shoot right now. But yeah, and like that also. But here, like, I'm also pretty certain if you sh- if you shot that kid, the bullet may not. I mean, unless you're arguing that the uh, <laughs> unless you're arguing. That- I can't even fucking say I'm laughing too loud at how fucking dark this is. Um, unless you're arguing that the the child's head is so soft it will not provide a meaningful <laughs> a meaningful barrier to the bullet. 
Well, I mean, that's, that, those were 308s. Uh, it would probably go through a couple people, on, you know, just through <laughs> ballistically speaking. Jesus. You know, that's... I mean, uh... I'm not, I'm, I, it was a completely human thing to display, and I appreciated that that part where he could not do it. I, I appreciate, you know, that level of detail showing, showing that, like, you know... This isn't some shoot 'em up film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is but, true, and, and also just the difference between snipers in that scene as well was very interesting because you had the one sniper like, "Yes, I have a shot, but it's you know, but there's other stuff around." Whereas the other guy had a very similar situation. He's like, "Yeah, it's just not clean." <laughs> and you and will notice that, they did not they did not harangue the second sniper. Yeah, and then the. Um, and they actually showed when the snipers were shooting at him, and they missed and hit innocent bystanders. Like oh, they yeah. never show that crap. Oh yeah, big in time. action films. Like, yeah, this um, movie. This movie was very realistic in its depiction of uh, police and police snipers <laughs> and collateral damage. Yeah, except you when know, it comes to George Clooney. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. George, George Clooney exists in. Um, in, in a in a, 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 a Clooney super state, if you will. Uh, <laughs> he, 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 can be, he is the quantum superhero in that he exists in a superposition of heavily grounded when he is just a normal guy wearing a suit looking all Clooney. Uh, but then he also um, totally uh, uh, led a fucking uh, nuclear material recovery mission uh, uh, illegally across um, uh, the Russian border and like dove headfirst into that operation, which is... Yeah, he, he jumped you, out yeah. of a helicopter through the top of a truck and stabbed a Russian general in the foot. I mean, yes. that's I mean that's all you gotta really say. It's like... <laughs> and didn't get shot once. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were there were the, the magic superhero parts of this film. Yeah. Most definitely. And, and they are all involved, George Clooney. <laughs> yes. And sometimes you kind of forget, like, the really morally gray shit that he does throughout this film oh yeah oh definitely yeah he is not <laughs> he is not a hero <laughs> yeah like like they totally play him off as the hero but it, like he's i mean he would be chaotic good because well would you say he's chaotic good or maybe a uh he could be lawful good i guess in a sense Oh no, he is no, he is definitely chaotic good. Are you chaotic kidding me? Good. Well, I mean, if he he sees them as like disruptions to law and order. I mean, law, law okay, okay. I know we're so sidetracking here, but we we are we really are <laughs> sidetracking here and I feel this is a conversation <clears throat> like at this point if when Rick is listening to this episode cuz you know he's gonna, he is screaming of course he's chaotic good at at his podcast apparatus literally right now <laughs> um yeah because i'm certain yeah, i'm certain he yeah he tortured several people yeah does not care about collateral okay yeah chaotic but those, good. i'm but not those, that. yeah those people were evil uh and you know the ends justify the means as long as you do it in the you know the the, the in, in the name of good and you only and you don't hurt other good people yeah yeah uh but yeah anyway so yeah so i mean we we mentioned a couple different you know scenes and talk we've talked like uh what, 
what are your thoughts about Nicole Kidman in this movie? Um, she like I've seen like stronger female leads, definitely, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that she wasn't uh like a total just sidekick to George Clooney. Yeah. Uh, I found that quite refreshing as well. Yeah, um, I mean the the director is a is a woman, so that probably had a good deal to do with it. Um, I do think that for the time it was made, this is like very very progressive um, depiction of that type of stuff. Um, but I, I think it could still be a lot better because, especially in the middle when it's very action heavy and very Clooney heavy, she yeah. she is kind of just a a, a sidelined character. Uh, but the beginning and the end are both very, very strong, um, strong bits for her character. I think it does not pass the Bechdel test, though. Oh no! Well, very—I mean, it's an action movie. I mean, it is yeah. what it is. Um, but no, I, I will say that one thing I definitely did appreciate a lot is in the very beginning where it was set—it was setting up like every trope, and and I, I would like to also say I, I, I fucking called it where you know. It was, yeah, it, she, she was new to the job. Yeah, she, she was new to the job, and there's the scene of her like running down the the, the White House hallway or whatever uh, to the guy, and it, they were really setting you up for that. Who is this woman walking into our boys' club talking about Russian nuclear weapons type shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but no, the, the guy you know was like, he, she's like, hey, I'm in charge. You know, we're all in the federal government. And this is what I'm paid to do. These are the things that are important. And he's like, yeah, that is absolutely right. You're in charge until I can figure this shit out. <laughs> yep. And then you just have this, this group of like generals and, and military people just standing around her after the guy says that, like, yeah, you're in charge. You're in charge. Like do, do, do the thing. <laughs> they wait for, uh, waiting for some orders here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, right. Orders. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I appreciated that scene a lot actually. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I feel that it, I feel that might be slightly realistic. Yes, and then George Clooney um, uh, dove through a stained glass window with nary a scratch on him. Yeah, well, because um, every as everyone knows, uh, George Clooney is encapsulated in the um, the the, in the his perfect armor. shave. Yeah. The perfect aftershave. You, it's he's so uh, svelte uh, that glass just rolls off of him. Ah, okay. And his shirt didn't even come untucked. Yeah, that's how. That's how. How good he is. I mean, he, like any major uh, action movie star, he sews all of his shirts into his pants. So you know. Yeah. I would like to say. That this movie is two hours long, but it feels mm-hmm. about five times longer than that. It definitely does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, like uh, I'm, th- I'm just now thinking back at the beginning of the film. I'm like, holy crap! How did we even get from there to the end? Like, it just felt like it felt like I watched a whole season of a show. Yeah, condensed uh, this, into a movie. This, this, this is like quite literally, actually. Now that I think about it, a whole season of twenty four condensed into a single movie. It is like this is season two, three, something yeah, the, like that. The one with the nukes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and that that that's a symptom of the things we're t- like everything that we're praising right now, like the grounded reality, the fact that people are are kind of just being effective and do and there, there's not a lot of like quick ridiculous cuts. 
that is all a, like that makes the movie feel like it drags on more. We we are witnessing what us being used to, you know, your your Dolph Lundgren films, your your Sly Stallone films, your uh, yeah. yeah, Expendables or what have you. Like that's that's the cost, right? Yep. But yeah, I like, I'm even looking at like the, the 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 cover art here. Like they show the Russian train from the beginning, and like I barely remember there was even a Russian train in this movie. I mean, how could you not? It was like a coal-driven train. I know, but like it, it felt like, oh yeah, that totally did happen in episode one of this uh-huh. twenty-six episode season. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. It's just like, yeah, it's just like it just feels like it feels a lot longer than it is. Like it's dense. It's a dense movie. It is. Let, let's 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 actually let's try to run through that. Uh, because I feel we could we could probably get a little bit of that just because uh, I'm not saying like dissect every scene because I wasn't like taking notes. Um, yeah. But okay. So so the movie starts with a lot of Russian. Um, yes. And then there's, there's the good Russian train. Yeah. There's the, there's the good hardworking coal Russian train, and it's invaded by the the evil night vision Russian diesel electric train. Yeah, that that train did have night vision goggles. <laughs> <laughs> you'll know you'll know when you see it, listener. <laughs> yep. Um, and with the very bright light, with the night vision goggles, with the incredibly bright LEDs on them, because that's totally how stealth works. Yep, totally. <laughs> um, nu- nukes are transferred and stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, then it cuts to America. We figure out that nukes have been stolen through various things. We're introduced yep. to the Clooney character in the typical the typical fashion. Yes. Testifying to some sort of congressional hearing of smuggling Ford Explorers. Like, listen, yeah, I bribed the dude, but we got the job done. Yeah. Who cares very, about a $26,000 bar tab? Very Ollie North. <laughs> yeah. So we got um, it done. We got it done. Who cares? So, so let's see. After that, then we are we we hop to do we hop to Bosnia then? No, or Bosnia we, is like a good third of the way into the movie when we first okay. see Bosnia. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna but, mention Bosnia later. Oh yeah, we're, we're we are absolutely gonna have to talk about Bosnia. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! Oh, Jesus. Well, there. Uh, yeah. I mean, so after after that, they oh yeah they they unload the nukes, cha- change vehicles again. They're, then the the mid the mid tier bad guy literally drives across the entirety of Russia. Yes, in a sweaty, stinky ass truck. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like you, I could just I could feel the bo coming off of them through the movie. They, they they were so sweaty and stinky. I thought they were dying from like a subplot of nuclear fallout poisoning, but it turns out no. The movie was just like if you were driving in a truck across Russia, it would just be really bad. Yep. <laughs> now that guy, that that general guy, he had magic bad guy gun powers. Oh yeah, big time. He suffered from action film syndrome. So yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, this, they, they, they drive across all of Russia. They, they go across some sort of border. Then there's some more scenes where uh, our heroes um, do something in Hungary, I think. No, Austria. Vienna, thank Austria. you, Austria. Thank you, thank you. Because of all the Germans. 
Man, I'm sure glad you were paying attention. <laughs> Because I sure as fuck was. <laughs> Remember all the German cars being all Germany? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Even though um, it was Austrian, but still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Austria, not known for its motor industry. <laughs> no. Known for its um, sausages and psychiatrists. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Um yeah, so there, then there's like a chase scene there. Then there's like a scene where he crosses the border with the nukes, um, picks up a scientist, and then we kind of get into our first like cross, like or merging of the two, right? Yeah. Um, around that time, we we do get Bosnia again, or the first time, yeah, yeah. to see the the real bad guy. Yeah, who is teaching a little girl how to play piano. <laughs> That's right. Like every major um, Bond villain. Um, yes, classical then, music is always the e- most evil of all music. Yeah, because it shows that they are cultured and not just your typical villain. That they, they, right. they, They're playing a different game. That's right. They're not thugs. They're, uh, they're cultured yeah. career criminals. Um, so then there's a very elite military operation that happens after the nukes are handed off again um at which point they're smuggled through an airfield is that right no the one guy jumps off the truck with the last nuke before the big action scene yeah and he walks across an entire country to an airfield yeah something like that (laughs) um that then is flown to new york city for some sort of diplomatic thing that is not really fully discussed yeah, and the, the, that is something I would like to point out. As good as they were at their jobs, they were also just terrible at their jobs. Oh. It's, well, it's, <laughs> everyone is just as good as they need to in order to make you feel that like you're in good hands, but they're also as bad as they need to to make certain that the movie hits its two-hour runtime. Yeah, like George Clooney's like, we need to lock down all of LaGuardia Airport and nobody leaves. Then they go to find the guy at the hotel and they storm the hotel with five dudes. Yeah. <laughs> and they all go s- into the same elevator and that's it. Nobody else in the entire hotel. And nobody. It, and the scenes, it, it does feel like the scenes get longer and longer as the movie goes on because they spend more time in each location as opposed to just kind of just rapid firing stuff yeah. at the beginning. How um, long was that? But I know the when he set the forty minute timer, it was like the last fifteen minutes of the film. But it felt like forty minutes. It it really did. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> and then the movie ends with you yeah know, various things. All right, so can we talk about this movie's depiction of Bosnia? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you could. Whenever they showed Bosnia, I don't know if you could put a more. Like stereotypical, rundown Eastern European former Soviet Union village than what they showed. Yeah, so I'm, I just googled Bosnian genocide, right? Because that's that's clearly what the the, the the thing was. That was the yeah, right the, after Bosnia, yeah, the Bosnian yeah know, wars and stuff. Yeah, um, that apparently lasted from I would say yeah. Control, yeah, it, it happened during the Bosnian War, which was 1992 to 1995. So, yeah, this 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 movie took place uh, only two years after the Bosnian genocide, 
and we are um, greeted into Bosnia by this lovely panning shot of a bunch of burnt husks of brick buildings. <laughs> yeah. And a, a man a, pushing a wheelbarrow. Yeah, and a, a a hulk of a car that looks like it's just been buried into the ground from a missile. <laughs> and children just playing on tetanus-inducing equipment and a incredibly pristine pedal car. Yeah, the pedal car looked nicer than the real car. <laughs> it did. And then the bad guy who apparently was was bad enough to get you know a nuclear bomb can't yeah, even to, afford to, a door. To, to, to yeah, the, <laughs> the, 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 the villain of this film who orchestrated a uh, multinational terrorist conspiracy um, and was able to finance the defection of a uh, post-Iron Curtain general uh, to steal nuclear weapons, uh, was teaching a little girl piano and could not afford a door. <laughs> yep. Because he was clearly pulling himself up by his bootstraps. That, that door money, that's money that can go towards the cause. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's right. Yeah. But it's just... Like, as soon as he pulled back, like, his rug, yes. there's, like, a baby grand piano, there's, like, a fancy telephone, there's all this, like, pretty fancy stuff in there, and he literally has a rug for a door. And outside, some babushka is hanging, like, like bullet-ridden blankets on a clothesline. Oh, yeah. While, like, their, the while their child eats lead paint chips. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like holy this crap. This movie has like three shots of Bosnia, and every time you go back, it's just so comically war torn. Like you, I can't even take it serious. This movie is making me not take Bosnian genocide seriously. Yeah, like they put it to an nth degree. That's that it's like a satire. Like yes. it it's supposed to be like comedic satire about how awful. It's like watching Borat for those couple of scenes. It, it's, it's 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 it's. I just and I just realized the reason why they did it. They they did it to try and make the villain as sympathetic as possible, right? Like, yeah. oh, look at where he's coming from. Look at what he has to deal with. You would you too would want to orchestrate a multinational terrorist conspiracy if if you lived in Bosnia. Yeah. Oh, it's it's fucking awful. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't think that was necessary. I think they did a good enough job, like with. Trying to make him semi sympathetic, yeah. Well, because all the, all of the, like the overwrought Bosnian scenes were before we really understood what he was doing yeah. as a villain. So they they wasted all of that that clout that they generated when they could. What they could have done is they could have focused more on like him flashing back while he was running around New York, which they what they tried to do. Yeah, and like showing like what the difference between you know. War Bosnia and recovery Bosnia is. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm assuming Bosnia sprung back and was at the very least able to get people doors in the two years after the Bosnian War. You would think so. I would. I think have so. no idea. Maybe this is just my uh, my elitist Western thinking talking, where uh, you can just have a door if you if you really want it. After, two years after a war and a genocide, I mean, he could have taken the door off of the blown up truck and put it over his door frame. Yeah, there's a lot of options. Um, yeah, yeah. 
But that's beside the point. <laughs> um, uh, for, you, buddy. I, I will say at the end, I thought they were going in a different way there for a minute, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's one of those other tiny details that I'm glad that they did, that you don't really appreciate all the time until you see something like it, like the What are you talking about? The conflicted villain. Oh, I see, yeah. You know, yeah. Like he, yeah, he's like, seeing he, like that what what he's going to do, and he's questioning. Well, I assume that he was questioning what he was going to do. Like it, yeah, it, it wasn't like a hardening of his resolve that he was flashing back to these things. The, the the movie very legitimately set up like that final scene so that you you did not know what he was going to do because you've like your 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 knowledge of action movies says of course he's going to do X, and then the movies like. To, been signaling you the entire time. No, no. Why is why is still on the table? And I don't want to spoil it, but you yeah, know, yeah. And I was also thinking that whole time as soon as as soon as he like set the timer, it's like he's won. Like oh there's, yeah, like he won. That is that is actually the most infuriating part of the last half an hour of this fucking movie. Like the villain won. Like he yeah, but- he by all means. One. He but, he got a nuclear device into New York with a he activated it, set a timer, and was able to exit from a hotel and no one knew where he was. Yeah. Like he at that point he literally could have just walked five blocks in any direction and threw it in a dumpster and no one would have ever fucking found him. Yeah. Like, and it it would have been his his mission would have been achieved. Like yep. But he, and they even said that at one point, like, George was like, well, we're effed, he, all he has to do is just sit behind a dumpster, and he wins. It's like, we can't find him in the amount of time. But, but, the thankful, fact, but yeah. thankfully, he wanted to make some sort of point with this. By, by doing it at the epicenter of the U, like, as at the UN, because that's yeah. gonna fucking matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that, like, he was dead set on that, so that's the only reason they were able to, to save the day. Spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the 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 guy the guy who uh, was able to orchestrate a multinational terrorist conspiracy and uh, get a nuclear device on American soil. Uh, the moment he actually got his nuke was just too overcome with the ideology and, and not the logistics of this incredibly intricate plan that he clearly cared a lot about. Yep. And honestly, they showed him on the plane with it over top of Manhattan. Just like, yeah, but I but like you saw what he had to do to activate it in that hotel room. He he wouldn't have been able to really do that on the plane. I feel. Yeah, possibly. But uh, but still, like people were just so bad at their jobs with that. It's like, oh yeah, oh, we yeah. didn't we didn't check all the diplomatic staff. Why well, would we check the diplomatic staff? It was a diplomatic satchel, and that that yeah. is very real. No, but they didn't even like look at the people coming in on the diplomatic oh, claims. Yeah. yeah, like they had his picture, and he walked by like ten police officers. Yeah, that's true. It's like, why did wh- what are you doing? Well, all those Bosnians look alike, don't you know? I guess so. I mm. I guess they do. That's sarcasm for any Bosnian listeners. I'm very sorry. Yes, I I don't know if we're big in Bosnia or not, but uh, 
Well, this movie, well, this movie did not portray your country very well. <laughs> no, no. Maybe one day we'll be able to go there and see. Yes. Um, I will say at least the terrorists weren't uh, Islamic. Well, they they were Muslim. <laughs> so he said he was, but he wasn't. He's oh. obviously Eastern Orthodox. He is blaming the Muslims also on top of everybody what, what, else for what why happened. Do you say, in, why do you say he was Eastern Orthodox? Uh, because he was at the uh, church service in the beginning, wasn't he? No, no. Oh, that was a Russian dude. Yeah, that that he sent his the the his friend over to that uh, Russian Orthodox church to kill that guy to silence him. Oh, well, he uh, did end up in an Orthodox church at the end. No, he didn't. That was just like a normal Catholic church. I'm thinking that was an an, ortho, an Eastern Orthodox church by the hey, by I, the I, by like the images uh, sign. That's beside the point. I don't think Maybe you have I'm any children's choirs in Eastern Orthodox churches. Why not? Saying, saying the Eastern Eastern Europeans can't sing. No, I'm saying they know they know enough to not be creepy with little kids. <laughs> well, that's beside the point. Um, they weren't okay. They weren't Middle Eastern terrorists. How about that? Yes, but they were Muslim. At least one of them. Yes. All right. Um, so I think we talked enough about the plot. Yeah, you got a pretty good, like, if any of this sounds at all interesting, go watch it. It's, it's fine. Um, and like we talked about, there's only two like notable characters, unless you're into Eastern, uh, like, uh, this, this movie really focuses on Nicole Kidman and George Clooney and everyone else is kind of. Yeah, uh, a second, a secondary character. I outside. think I saw pretty much every like um, Russian typecast yeah. character from television shows that I could oh, think yeah. of. Like they pretty much got them all for this movie. The the so. big villain, the big villain guy, does have a, a decent amount of screen time and does seem. I, I think he acts pretty well, actually. Like he does a pretty good job of of selling everything that his his character is going through. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know enough about his his um, his film history to really to go through and say whether or not he like he owns it or this is a good performance of his or not. Yeah, but uh, kinda, we should look him up actually because I feel I feel obligated to to you know do the thing that the dvd case won't do and, and, and admit that there's somebody other than george clooney and nicole kidman in this movie yeah like he did do a decent job i will you're, you're right on that maybe he's like um famous you know not in the u.s famous croatian actor manian let's see is this the guy still yeah. acting he is Mar Marcel Lurez, or Marcel Urez, most acclaimed stage and screen actors from Romania, uh, starred in all more than two dozen features in his native country, and twice being named its best actor. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Hearts War, or whatever that is, but it's a Bruce Willis war movie. Oh, right. Okay. It has Colonel Werner Visser. I think that's one of 
one of those uh, stints of movies that showed like Eastern European, uh, like post cold, like from around actually from around that time. Like uh, there's that one with um, Owen Wilson. There's Hearts War, uh, like okay. all Eastern European sort of settings with American soldiers. Oh shit! He was in Bunraku. He was in what? Bunraku. Uh, it is. It's like a weird. Oh, like Western made Eastern style movie where like, so, so, so think of like, you know, your average Kung Fu movie where like, you know, the, the lonely drifter comes into town and, you know, Kung Fu yeah. happens. It's that, but in like a weird small European village and everyone is, you know, uh, like not Asian. Uh, and Ron Perlman is like a Kung Fu master with dreadlocks. Okay. Uh, Josh Hartnett is is the the main character, but um, yeah, this this guy Marcel is the uh, chief of police apparently in that movie. Okay, I've never seen that movie or heard of it. Um, McCrary, McCrary showed me showed me that movie. Uh, it's it's I I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie. I wouldn't want to watch it uh, too many times, but it was it was definitely very it's very memorable. Okay, it sounds like a McCrary movie. It, it is such, it, it's fucking weeaboo as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, but, uh, okay. So yeah, he's, he's, this guy's been in some stuff. He's, he's got some chops. Yeah. But, uh... So, uh, should we segue into, uh, our last couple things here? Like our, uh, drinking game? Yeah, let's, let's talk drinking, because I'm out of beer, so... We should uh, we should ra- try and wrap things up a bit. Yeah. So, what did you have for drinking game? Well, I I had a couple, uh, and I think I think all of mine are actually quite solid. Yeah. Um. So let's let's uh, let's see here. Uh, I had drink every time there is an extremely unflattering establishing shot of Bosnia. <laughs> <laughs> I I also had something like that. Uh huh. I, I simply wrote down fucking Bosnia. <laughs> uh, I also had a uh, drink every time an amount of nuclear warheads changes vehicles or modes of transportation. Okay. Which, man, it just kept happening. <laughs> and at a pretty st- steady pace, too. Okay. Uh, and then my final one was ev- drink every time the camera focuses on people's shoes. <laughs> Does that happen a whole lot? It happens a lot. Actually. Oh yeah, you're right. Especially at the beginning. The, the beginning and the end. And a little bit in the middle. At least it's yeah. not a Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> There's a lot, of, a lot, a lot of shoe shots. Is all I'm saying. I said at least it's not a Quentin Tarantino oh. film. Yeah, that's true. If if it was, if it were a Tarantino film, they wouldn't be wearing shoes. That's right. Say, all right, George, we need you to take off your shoes. Why? I'm in uniform. Just do it. <laughs> what do you right. have? So, I also put down the Bosnia thing. Of course. Um. I think that the only other one I had that made like good sense throughout the film 
was every time... Well, there's going to be a lot of a heavy load in the middle, but I said every time a vehicle runs into another vehicle. Mm. Yeah, that, that's that's going to be real rough when you're when they're in um, Austria. Yeah, that's going to be the rough part, but it's good because it's right kind of in that middle part, so you have time to yeah, like sleep it's, it it's, off. It, it's like a bell curve. Like you got some at the beginning, and it peaks in the middle, then tails off towards the end. So you got like that nice bell curve. I All guess right. maybe maybe a straight line would be better, but you know. Trying to think of something else beyond that 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 happens consistently throughout the film. I mean, my my shoe shots are the inverse of that bell curve. So if you just yeah. if you if you do if you do vehicular collisions and shoe shots, you'll you'll be pretty sloshed all throughout this. Yeah, you could not drink drink straight liquor with that. Nah, nah, nah. You could do whenever George Clooney does something that is completely morally gray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be very valid. He, he That's pretty consistent. Yeah, it is. It's like, yeah, shoot the kid. What are you doing? Why are you even asking me? <laughs> but, uh, why, di- why didn't we get why didn't we get fucking M134 miniguns in here and just mow people down the moment we found them? That's right. Exactly. Well, he had them. He had... That's one... Yeah. That that plays back to the magical superhero. He was on a gunship, and he chose to jump through the top of a, of a truck yeah. and fight the guy one-on-one when they have mounted machine guns. <laughs> that's yeah, all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, yours, yours work pretty well there for... for, um... Consistently throughout. I think you either do the vehicle crashes or the other ones. You can't do both. Unless unless you just want to be drinking like the whole time. I mean, and realistically, you really should be. Yeah. Just in general. You should be. And like we said, this is like a five hour long, two hour movie. Yeah. It's it's 2020. You should just never not be drinking. Yeah. That's a good slogan for the year. All right. Yeah. So, uh, I guess I went first on the um, on the drinking. So, what what is your uh, what? How much money would you pay to watch this movie in uh, in retrospect? Why? In retrospect, I still don't know if I would pay the Amazon rental price for this movie. Yeah, I which was like three dollars. Yeah, it was it was two ninety nine, which is the standard rental rate. Yeah. I might pay a dollar fifty to two dollars for this movie. I would I would give this movie a solid two dollars. Yeah. Cause that yeah, that two dollars, one viewing, one evening, pleasantly tipsy afterwards. Yeah. Like I would not drink uh, yeah, I would not drink this movie watch. <laughs> yes. My my <laughs> thoughts exactly. <laughs> I would not watch this movie again without a drinking game. I will say that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, but I don't, I, and it had an R rating too. Wait, what? Yeah, this was an R rated movie. And I was trying to figure out why exactly this is an R rated movie. They didn't swear. They like, did. They had a couple F bombs. They had a couple, but they could have pruned it back if they really bothered. Yeah. 
and like break that the breaking of that German guy's face was a little graphic, I guess. I mean, there is a lot of people getting shot. Yeah, but, but die hard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> strong violence and some language. Yeah, that's bullshit. That that just means they didn't want to re revise the fucking uh, the fucking script oh. and take the fucks out. I know why. It's because they showed the people getting shot instead of the off camera shooting guy. Yeah, yeah. The show of the aftermath. That's why. Uh, MPAA is fucking dumb. That's why. That's why it's the strong violence instead of just graphic violence or whatever they call it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. TVY, TVY7, TVY7FV for fantasy violence. They should have just pulled a South Park and just kept submitting it until they said it was PG 13. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they went way over the top so they knew what they could cut out to get what they really wanted. They did that too. Yeah. But they, they also kept submitting the same thing and told them it was different. Yeah. But, uh, two dollars i think we can that's a it was a lot of a lot of movie for two dollars oh yeah two whole hours that's a dollar an hour you can't get better than that nope not outside 1933 <laughs> huh. i have no idea what the pay rate was for that but yeah, i have no idea either you said oh uh, no nah, i said i have no idea either oh okay i thought you came to some some epiphany um, don't hire George Clooney to run your daughter's birthday party. Yes, that is that is a good thing. Oh, I, I didn't mention there was a love interest, but did not come up until the last one minute oh, yeah. of the film. Yeah, because this is <laughs> like it's a standard boring ass you know dad action movie, and of course they have to try and shack up at the very end for no reason. Yep. But they did shoehorn that in at the end, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we were both right, right. And in the end, that's all that matters. All right, so that's yeah. our tenth episode. Yep, let's wrap this up. Uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, next time we'll get back to our normal schedule of uh, mysteriously bad movies that we have collected in a bin. That's right. That that collection's getting pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, we, just, we just added another one, and then there's 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 that one that uh, is not in the bin uh, that I found online. Which one was that? The 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 video game one, the one that they said it was like a 3DO game, but a movie. I don't remember this. Oh, you'll you'll find out. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. That's uh. It's a uh, dollar minimum.